I'm Andy Scarantino, and this is View from the Roof, formerly known as the Get the Fuck Off Podcast. Every week, I'm going to be bringing you bits of goodness to not only help you get the fuck off the shit that doesn't serve you anymore, but also to get you to think deeper and wake up to the world around you. My mission over the last three years has been to make personal development digestible for those who are ready, but they maybe don't want to speak in a soft, whispery voice or sit in the lotus. Through sharing story and interviewing cool people who are important to me, I hope you'll be able to see the world in a new way. You don't have to sacrifice your outstanding personality, and all of this is quite the journey. I'm really excited to have you on that journey with me. Welcome to my View from the Roof. Hey everybody, welcome back to View from the Roof, formerly the Get the Fuck Off podcast. I'm Andy Scarantino. It's good to have you guys back. You know, what's interesting is I was looking at the episode list of this podcast. I was thinking, wow, I flew through the first hundred episodes of this. And it's like the last 14 have been really slow and sporadic. And um, I'm working on getting that rhythm back, everybody. I'm still showing up. Might not be as frequent. You can definitely enjoy the archive. They're all there. They're all available. And there's lots of good stuff that I've covered over the last almost three years. So definitely uh, just got an email recently from somebody who said they've been listening a while. I love getting feedback. Definitely let me know which ones resonate with you, what you'd like me to talk about, who you would like to see as a guest. I'm going to be bringing some great guests on the show coming up. I've met a lot of really awesome, interesting people over the last year or so, and I'm excited to share more of my world with all of you because this is what we're here to do, right? We're here to connect. We're here to share. We're here to inspire. That has been my mission since the beginning, and I would love nothing more than to inspire you guys to be the best versions of yourselves that you can be. So, The topic of today's episode is get off the fence. I cannot take credit for this title. Okay, so when I first started Get the Fuck Off back in February of 2020, that's when I came up with the idea. I didn't actually start the brand itself until November of 2020. Why is that? Well, at first it was a, a website to help people stop smoking and drinking and March of 2020 came in a global pandemic and I thought, oh, this doesn't sound like a great time. <laughs> I don't know. It probably in hindsight might have been a great time. Um, for a lot of people, it wasn't a great time. A lot of people went ham on the booze and the smokes and the reactive behavior. But to be honest, I just wasn't ready. I spent the majority of 2020 after... I lost my job and I mean, you know, we were all sitting home and I had a lot of space and I spent so much of 2020 just learning, reading, studying, getting training, getting, you know, like just all of the the foundational pieces that needed to be in place to to really get, you know, to get GTFO started. And uh, finally in November, I was ready to launch it and I have not taken... A long time to do anything really since I kind of just do stuff I do stuff as I go like I get an idea and I'm like all right I'm gonna do it and um, 
one of the original get the fuck off lines it was if you all remember get off the smokes get off the sauce get off your ass one of the two it was supposed there were supposed to be two more uh get off that dick was supposed to be another one uh for people that had trouble with relationships i didn't go that route um and that's all right there are plenty of people who do relationship coaching and certainly when people get into coaching relationships with me, I get the whole human. So your relationships just automatically come in. I've had lots of people that have had lots of relationship problems over the years. But I don't specialize in it and it's not the thing that I, I advertise. But there was a fifth one and I owe the credit to my friend Christine Sutherland. I don't know if she actually listens to this podcast or not, but I know that there are people who know her that do. So somebody tell Christine get off the fence was the last one and she was the one that came up with that because I was rattling off the different ones get off the fence and I think that that's so perfect with some of the work that I've been doing lately so for those of you who don't know I have launched a new free email series I'm gonna put a link in the show notes to that um it's enduroverthinking.dayoneexperience.org is where you can find that. It's just a landing page and it'll tell you a little bit more about Overthink Less in just one minute a day. Uh, that is the uh, latest free two-week email series that I have curated because I have noticed over the last three years that I've been doing this work, formerly doing it, um, been doing it a little bit longer, but like really formerly like in practice, this is my profession, this is what I do, that overthinking is one of the biggest things that I have run into with people that I have worked with. Now, I have primarily worked with women, although I do love, and I mean love, working with men because I just love, I love that dynamic. I think that it's great. And I, I'm very comfortable with men because I've had tradition, I've had mostly male friends my entire life. And so I kind of, that, that, those relationships are just very easy for me. But I've worked primarily with women and there are all kinds of sociological macro factors as to why women overthink. And also there's Western society, Western standardized education, Western um, uh, corporate America, like the, the structure of the employee mindset and how we're kind of reared into an education system that goes into a, your job and like everything just kind of builds on top of itself. And the choices like the choices, because Western society has touted that there is a right way. You have to do it the right way. If you make just one error, then you are, your life is going to go to hell. Like if you write one thing and somebody doesn't like it, that's it. You are going to hell. Everything is going to end. You're going to go, your, your reputation will be ruined. I promise you. I promise you when you start that blog that you want to start, the New York Times is not going to be calling you tomorrow for a book deal. Like, or not New York Times. How stupid was that? Um, you're, a publisher isn't going to be calling you. And, and in two days, you're not going to be on the New York Times bestseller. That was kind of what I meant, right? Sorry. It's not that I don't believe in you. It's just you're not going to write you know, a thousand words in a blog and all of a sudden uh, Penguin Random House is going to be like, hey, by the way, Sally, I really loved that blog and I'm going to give you a book deal and then within three weeks you're going to have a book and then all of a sudden you're going to be having your interviews on 
MSNBC. I don't know. Is that even a thing? Do people do people watch MSNBC anymore? I don't fucking know. I don't watch the news. Um, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So there's a something that, that is happening here, though, when you write that blog and then you write another one and you write another one and you write another one, is that you're expanding your vessel. And that is something that's necessary. Because have you ever seen a celebrity or a, a performer or someone that just blew up overnight? And then when they blew up overnight, of course, they were dealt not only with the, the fame, but also with the other side of fame, which is generally trolling, hate, um, nasty comments, things like that. Those people don't have the capacity to handle that, like, say, somebody like Oprah, right? Like, I don't know if there's anyone in the world that hates Oprah. I think Oprah's a phenomenal human being, but she's Oprah. So I'm pretty sure that there's a lot of people that hate Oprah because she's Oprah. <laughs> like, think about, like, the president of the United States, whether it be uh, a president like Barack Obama or a president like Donald Trump. You've got two incredibly different individuals, but these are two individuals that have expanded their capacity to the point where they can run the United States of America now. Argue, I'm not here to argue whether, whether one of them ran the United States or not. <laughs> I'm not here to have that uh, that debate um but what i'm saying is that regardless of if it was a very good president or a very shitty president and depending on who you are is how you'll feel about whomever that person still has to have an enormous capacity to be able to be a public figure to be able to handle that sort of pressure to be able to handle and and think of those two individuals that i just mentioned depending on and, and, and those vast differences, there's going to be hate coming at both of those individuals from very different people for very different reasons. And you have to handle that when you expand to that point. So the reason that we start small, we start consistent, we start with these little who cares efforts is because we're expanding our vessel. So in this episode, I wanted to talk about something that I curate. Well, I wanted to talk about the winner's mind. And that's one part of the email series that I curated. And then I'm going to give you a link so that you can subscribe and get the rest of it. Because it's really good. And every day you'll get an email and it'll be just something to help you overthink less about the decisions that you want to make and why you want to make them. So the one that I'm going to talk about today is the winner's mind. And I love The Winner's Mind. It's one of my favorite things to teach. I'm teaching it here on the podcast for you for free because I think that everybody should know about this. And The Winner's Mind is the mindset that knows when to give up. Like when enough is enough. They, it knows that what you are doing is fine. So I wrote this on LinkedIn, but I was an 18-year cigarette smoker in January in eight, January 2018. By October of 2018, I ran my first full marathon, 26.2 miles. I had been a runner before that. Started running as a an overweight cigarette smoker in um, summer of 2017. So I ran my first ever race in October of 2017 as an almost 200-pound pack-a-day cigarette smoker, drunk, that kind of that was the kind of situation. 
But in January of 2018, after the airport incident that I have so <laughs> lovely spoken about, I, st- I quit smoking um, a month later. I quit smoking in February, February 28th to be exact. And uh, by the end of that year, I ran my first full marathon. 4.19.58 was my time, so under four and a half hours, which was great. Lost a lot of weight. Since that time, I've run about 8,000 miles. I've run about 9,000 and change since I started running in 2017, six years ago. And I run a lot. I mean, I run a lot and I consider myself a winner because I have this winner's mind. So what's the winner's mind? We know when enough is enough instead of thinking I should be doing more. I should be doing more is a loser's mindset. Okay, it's, it's why people give up on the things that they want to do because what they do is they think that the effort that they're putting in is not good enough. It needs to be bigger, but they don't have the readiness. They're not starting where they are. And because they're trying to start at any place other than where they are, they, they put themselves into a state of stress that they can't recover from. It just seems impossible. They feel defeated. They give up. So here's a way that I can describe this. And I've seen this happen many times. I have tried to coach people without taking money for it. And this has only happened with, with people that, um, eh, that's not true. This has happened with people who have given me money as well. <laughs> but there were times that I had tried to coach people uh, without a transaction behind it. And I don't know what it is about the transaction, but the transaction somehow makes it more realistic in the person's mind that, oh, I should take this seriously. But I have given this advice, which I now would charge hundreds of dollars for. So just so you know, I'm about to tell you something that I charge people hundreds of dollars to hear. (laughs) Let's say you decide to start running and you are having a hard time because it's hard And you're frustrated and you walk a lot and you feel defeated. And then I come along. Here's the several hundred dollar worth of advice, by the way. (laughs) I ask you, how long can you run? And you tell me, maybe three minutes. And I, someone who's coached myself from the couch to multiple marathons, I tell you that's a great place to start. And I tell you, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have you run a couple of minutes. We're going to have you walk in between. We're going to do that a couple of times. And we're going to do that for like a week or two. And then after that week or two, we'll reassess. And you say, great, I can do that. But instead of listening, instead of listening, what do you do? You instead insist on 40-minute Herculean efforts. And why do you do that? Because the three minutes isn't enough, Andy. So what happens? Your body's not ready to spend that much time on your feet because you are a sedentary person. And this is exactly how I described it in my LinkedIn post recently. And this is exactly how I describe it in the emails, uh, in the email series that you'll all be subscribing to. Um, because there's lots of little, little hacks like this. And I wrote, the loser's mind thinks it can microwave mastery, defy the laws of physics, and convince a musculoskeletal system that's been sitting on the sofa for a year to suddenly have the efficiency of someone who's been hitting the pavement for a decade. Sweetheart, sorry. 
the three minutes is where you're at. And every marathon runner starts with minutes, not miles. It's not about stamina. It's about grace, okay? It's about getting your ego out of the way and being able to put yourself in a position where you understand that where you're at is where you're supposed to be. And I'm going to tell you something. I got on a call with somebody recently. Uh, He owns a business and he does these immersive events. They're personal development related and he does a lot of really cool stuff. And he's, I forgot how long he's been in business. I think like 10 to 15 years or something like that. And he does really cool shit. And we were talking about things and I was talking about the stage where I'm at about kind of figuring things out and and he said something about because we both talk about present moment awareness and he said you know sometimes you just you just got to be willing to put in 10 years and I said you're talking to an endurance athlete there is nobody that knows that more than me (laughs) because You know, when I first started my business, I remember it was like week three and people were saying, well, how many clients do you have? And I'm like, it's week three. What do you expect from me? How fast do you think that this brain has the capacity to learn? And everything has been learning. Like everything has been learning. In the beginning of it, I was still working jobs on the side and I remember The reason that I quit those was because I was really forcing my nervous system to hurry and be creative. Most of the people that I know that are wildly successful entrepreneurs are people that were put in positions where they had to figure it out quickly. And I realized that if I kept being comfortable, I wasn't going to figure it out quickly. I was going to continue to be comfortable and it would be 10 years and because I was still doing service industry jobs because they paid well and they didn't demand a lot of time and they didn't demand a lot of intellectual capacity. I was like, well, fuck, like I'm already in my mid-30s. If I don't put a sense of urgency on myself, I'll be in my mid-40s still doing this. Five years to 50, do you think that this body is going to hold up doing these kinds of jobs? It's not. So I forced myself. And those of you who have been following me a long time, you know that the thing that's in the way is not strategy. You're not lacking strategy. You're lacking the right mindset. And... The mindset is nothing about positivity, like, oh, I'm going to be so positive. I'm going to be positive and it's going to happen. No, that's not how it goes. Your brain is actually scared, probably because of something that happened in your childhood. This is with the story with me, that you're either going to die or you're going to lose all the love that you have. So you just, you get terrified. You had experiences Um, And a lot of those experiences people aren't necessarily aware of. So, for example, I had a lot of stories about um, unworthiness with money because of things that I had seen in my childhood. So whenever I would go to try to make money, I would that that old story would pop up. That story of, oh, you're not worthy. You shouldn't be doing this. There are people that are going out. How dare you ask for this? How dare you do this? So I was like, oh, so that story's popping up. 
and that story is paralyzing me. Cool. I'll just take away all my source of income and then I'll force myself to choose between a story of survival or being able to eat that day. (laughs) I wonder how that worked out. (laughs) Now, I'm not telling all of you to do that because I'm an endurance athlete. So something that an endurance athlete can do is suffer through long periods of discomfort for the sake of a greater aspiration. And I'm not trying to be an asshole, but not everyone can do that. (laughs) Like it's just, it's not a thing that everyone can do. I think that that can be trained, but I've been at this a few years. Some people just don't have it and it's not because they're not capable. It's because they won't believe it. They won't get the fuck out of their own way. They won't get the fuck out of their own way. Your overthinking is probably in the way. And the winner's mind is a mind that can lose and lose and lose and lose and lose and lose. Is this giving you anxiety to hear me say that over and over and over again? The winner's mind is a mind that can do two things. One, lose repeatedly and get back up. Number two, pick small sustainable wins and use those as evidence that you are moving forward. So you pick the small win, like in the example of the three minutes, right? Like we're going to run for three minutes. You run for three minutes. You do that a couple of times. This is not a custom running plan, by the way. Like there there are more things in, encompassed in a running uh, coaching relationship than just what I'm saying here. This is just a broad example of something that I might say to a person who has not been in motion ever. So you run the three minutes and you get proud of yourself. If you go back through my episodes to some of my earlier ones, I interviewed a friend of mine, Donnie Hadfield-Smith, and he started talking about the way that he built his podcast brand. He's got a really great following. Now he does 90s nostalgia. And um, when he was starting that, he said, all right, I I would get proud of myself for something and then I would do the next thing. And that's kind of the way that I did it as well. I would, I would, I would do a a distance and and I would get proud of myself for that and I would use that as fuel to be like, well, if I can do that, if I can run three minutes, I can run three and a half. Oh, if I can run three and a half, I can, I can run four. I mean, my episode with Sabrina Stanley, same thing. She talks about the, you know, well, if somebody else can do it, surely so can I. And being able to believe that. And these people that don't have the ability to do these things is because they won't believe it. They refuse to believe it. And I could sing song this shit till the fucking every last cow comes through the gate. That it's all about beliefs. And they'll be like, oh yeah, that's something nice that Andy just says. All right, I'm going to continue hating myself. Great. Awesome. Follow someone else. Because you really do control it. You control what happens by what you're willing to believe about yourself. Who you believe you are is who shows up in the world. If you believe that you're not the thing that you want to be, guess what? Then you're not going to be the thing that you want to be. There's a lot of people I know with a lot of talent right now that are doing a lot of shit they don't deserve to be doing because they just won't believe in themselves. And that really sucks. And let me tell you, a lot of these people are more talented than I am. I know people that are better coaches than I am, that will never have clients because they suck at believing in themselves. I don't know. Maybe that means that they're not better than I am because I have an ego the size of fucking Massachusetts. And if you've ever met anyone from Massachusetts, (laughs) 
Oh, fuck a duck. All right. So winner's mind knows how to lose, knows when enough is enough, knows that where you are is where you're supposed to be, knows that you can't skip steps. The road from A to B has no teleportation system. You can walk quickly. Get off the fence. Decide whatever it is that you want to do. And here's something that I recommend to a lot of people. Decide what you want to do and then take 10 years and do it. And I'm not saying this lightly. I mean, if you decide you want to do something, take 10 years. I am three years into my 10. I'm six years into my 10 that I decided when I started running. I was like, 10 years. I will do this for 10 years. I'm going to probably do it the rest of my life. But it's amazing the amount of progress that happened in those six years. And all these people that I know follow these training plans. I've never had a running coach. A lot of people hire me. And they have progress. But a lot of the people who hire me, what they do, running coaching, I mean. Uh, transformational coaching is very different. They're very different things. But running coaching, here's the thing about running coaching. People will have progress and they'll succeed at the goal that they want. Whether it be a half marathon or whether it be like to do something in a certain amount of time. Amazing. They'll succeed at that thing. But then they won't keep it up. A hot summer will come or a cold winter will come and they'll just not do the activity. And then when it comes time for the next year and then they want to run another half marathon or another marathon and they get in touch with me, what the hell's happening? They're right back to wherever they started, if not further, because they didn't just do it. I don't follow any ridiculous training plans. You know what I do? I just show up and run more days than I don't and I'm going to do it until I'm dead. And that's the that's the whole secret. Just do it till you're dead. And you don't even have to do that much. You could do... Like, you could write, if you're a writer, write a couple of paragraphs. I'm a writer. And a lot of people, like, will, will overthink their writing. Just write. Who cares? No one's reading anyway. Just write. And uh, that's what I did with the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Now view from the roof. I just showed up. I just showed up and I started recording one day. One day I just got this rinky-dink little microphone and I just started recording. And here we are. Almost three years later. Show up. Show up imperfect. Don't overthink. I would love it if you all would subscribe to Overthink Less in Just One Minute a Day. This is a great email series. It's for overthinkers in analysis paralysis who want to make decisions with ease. Okay, it's 100% free. You'll be given fewer fucks in no time. Just go to endyourovrthinking.dayoneexperience.org. I'm going to put a link in the episode notes and y'all can subscribe. You can go through it. I put some great stuff in there about things that, well, it's based on things that I've noticed just working with clients over the years and where people get stuck and why they get stuck and maybe things that they don't know. Maybe things that aren't so readily apparent. And uh, it's really good. So I would love it if you all would subscribe. That's it for this week's episode. Keep, uh, stay tuned. I'm going to try to have them out more frequently and I am going to be having some guests coming on the show really soon a lot of good buddies of mine want to come on and have conversations so we're going to do that and uh, I'm really looking forward to that if you're somebody that would like to be a guest on the get the fuck off podcast I mean view from the roof see it's just like automated if you'd like to be a guest on view from the roof formerly known as the get the fuck off podcast definitely send me an email andy a-n-d-e-e -E, at get the fuck off dot com 
and uh, everything else you can find on my website. You can go to my website and actually find the End Your Overthinking email series so that you can get off the fence and start doing the things that you want to do. And I will be back with another episode really soon. Until then, take care of yourselves. Stay safe and stay beautiful. Oh, 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 o